The sermon, preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on May 10, 2015, based on 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit draws us to God's great love for us in Christ is 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. How scared little Johnny was as he thought about that first day of school coming up. But when his mom told him that she'd go with him, he felt a lot better. A mother's love can drive out her child's fears, whether that's the fear of the first day of school, the fear of the dentist, the fear of a banged-up knee. A mother's love can drive out those childhood fears. Even more so than a mother's love, though, God's love drives out fear. That's the goal that God's love is at work at, to achieve within us, to drive out our fear. God's love drives out fear so that we have the courage to anticipate Judgment Day and so that we have the courage to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Through the word of God before us here today, may the Holy Spirit lead us to marvel at that unique greatness of God's love so that as his love fills our hearts, it drives out our fear. Now in the text here, John writes that we will have confidence 
on the day of judgment. Now, judgment day does not hold the terror for modern man that it once did. An ancient hymn says, Day of wrath, O day of mourning, see fulfilled the prophet's warning, heaven and earth in ashes burning. Oh, what fear man's bosom rendeth when from heaven the judge descendeth on whose sentence all dependeth. Modern man and woman doesn't try to think much about Judgment Day. And yet, not thinking about what will happen doesn't keep it from happening. Oh, the modern person may not feel that fear of Judgment Day like they did years ago, but that does not stop that day from coming. And when it does come, when the judge does descend, what fear will then burst out when the judge rends the heavens and comes down? And what about you and me? How much do we think about Judgment Day? All too often we, we are like the world around us and, and fail to think about that day that is coming. We're busy with the here and now. And to be honest, often the here and now isn't all that bad for us. Even when we complain, there's usually enough good things in our lives that we'd rather focus on the present happiness rather than think about Judgment Day. And yet that reluctance to think about Judgment Day indicates that deep down inside of us there is some sort of fear and yet suppressed fear is not the same as having that fear driven out. Suppressed fear is still there, ready to burst. And what does our conscience tell us? Oh, some people have dulled their conscience. They imagine that they are not all that bad. They figure that their good effort should count for something, and besides, God can't be all that strict now, can he? Or so they keep telling themselves. But you, dear Christians, you have God's commandments to sharpen your conscience. You know that he judges us, not only judging our actions and words, but also the thoughts and attitudes, the feelings and desires, the emotions, will, and wants that go on deep down inside of us, all is laid bare. The fig leaf of our good efforts is stripped away. We are left standing there, naked and exposed in the filth of our sinfulness. But fear causes our, our conscience to tremble. What punishment is the judge going to hand down? Our conscience knows our guilt. And even if we're not thinking about that day of judgment, we, we see that fear, that fear of punishment even surfacing in our day-to-day -day lives right here and now when, when we have thoughts like, or, or, or worries and, and wonder, you know, is God really happy with me right now? Can I be sure that I'm doing enough good that he's not going to get upset? Those kind of thoughts are driven by that fear that doesn't look at God's love but is looking at that, that, that punishment and, and wondering, worrying. 
even cringing that God about how critical God's going to be about our behavior. That kind of thinking has nothing to do with love. That kind of thinking is built around that fear, that fear of punishment. Now, it is true that when we look at our own self through God's law, there ought to be nothing but sheer and utter terror. Not just a little hesitation, but sheer and utter terror because God's law is very clear. I, a sinner, have broken his commandments. I have failed to obey. I have rightly earned a death and damnation the everlasting uh, suffering and punishment of hell where the fire is not extinguished and, and, and the maggot does not die. What punishment, what fear. But God's love drives out fear. It drives out that fear of punishment. And don't cut those words drive out short. It's not that God's love uh, dilutes our fear so that we don't have quite so many worries about whether God's happy with us or not. No, God's love drives out our fear. And it's not that God's love makes us somewhat hopeful that he might be lenient. No, God's love drives out fear. And it's not that God's love leads us to, to think that, well, maybe God isn't all that strict after all, as if, if, if God's love would numb or desensitize our conscience so that we don't think so much about our, th our sins and so don't have so much fear of punishment. No, that's not it at all. God's love drives out fear. That's what it so clearly says here. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. God's love drives out our fear, that fear of punishment. For we know and rely on that love that God has for us. His love, his perfect love drives out our fear. But how? How does that love take away our fear? Well, John is very clear about that as well when he writes, We have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. God's love drives out our fear because he sent his Son to take away our punishment. That fear of punishment, that fear that we can't live up to his standards, that fear is driven out when we look at his Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, he took our punishment away. And through him, our fears are driven out. And a few verses before the text here, John is very clear in exactly how Jesus did that. In 1 John 4, verse 10, the apostle writes, This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yes, the Son of God, the divine, almighty, eternal Son, sacrificed himself 
to pay for your sins and mine. He sacrificed himself so that his suffering and death has been counted as the punishment for your sins and mine. He is, his blood has redeemed you, has atoned for your sins. And know that this is what the Son of God did. Since he himself is God, his suffering in our place has suffered the full punishment. It's not as if he has suffered most of it and we got to put in the last 2% or the first 2%. No. Because that would just push us back into that fear that we haven't done enough. God, the Son, has made the full payment. He has suffered the full punishment in your place and my place. In fact, again, it says he is the Savior of the world. That's why we can be sure and certain that our punishment has been suffered in full by him because he did it for the entire world, which must include you and me. And that's what gives us that courage to anticipate Judgment Day, to anticipate it not with hesitation and worry, but to know that we will stand there with that confidence in Jesus that knows that Jesus has paid the full price for us, that he has already suffered the punishment so that there is none left. And what's more, we won't stand there naked and exposed in the filth of our sinfulness. When you see through faith in Jesus, you are clothed with him. That's why John can write here, into this world we are like Jesus. For in baptism, God clothed you with Christ. And as long as you continue in faith, you are wearing Jesus. As long as you continue in faith, when God looks at you, he does not see the sinner, the naked sinner that you were born into this world as he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus because through faith you are clothed with Christ. And therefore God calls you his own dear child. And how that gives us courage to anticipate Judgment Day. For there we will stand before the judge, not in our filthy rags, not with our nakedness or sin exposed. We will stand there clothed with Jesus. That's the confidence we have through faith in Jesus. That's the courage we have. And that's what drives out our fear, God's love that gave us Jesus. But what about those doubts? Those, those, those doubts that, that, that wonder, how could God love someone like me, a sinner like me? But that very question has already missed the great uniqueness of God's love. Because that question is looking inside of me for an answer. And that's because that's the way human love works. Human love tries to find something in that other person to love. Human love is attracted because of something in the other person. Even a mother's love reaches out for her child because it's 
her child, whether by birth or by adoption. And that's why a mother may love her child, but even if she does not like children in general, there is something in that other person that attracts the love. And, and that's all the more evident when we think about how we choose our friend or choose our spouse. There was something in them that attracted us. And so we begin to imagine, God must love me only if there's something to attract him to me. But that's not what the Bible says. God's love is unique. Because God's love does not have to do with who you or I are. God's love is about who he is. And John, and John ex, uh, declares this profound truth in three simple words. He says, God is love. He loves us because of who he is not because of who we are. God is love. And that drives out those doubts. That drives out those fears when we know that God's love for us is not based on me. It's based on him. And how could it go wrong when it's based on him? God is love. That gives us that courage to stand at Judgment Day. That gives us that courage to anticipate Judgment Day. And until then, it gives us the courage also to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's the point John makes here as well in the, the, the last paragraph. He writes, we love because he first loved us. When we know and rely on the love that God has for us in Christ, that moves us to love others, especially to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. John continues, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Yes, it's easy to say that I love God. You can't see God, so who's going to really prove whether I love him or not? I can make that claim. I can pretend. But when I, when you love God, that will show itself in the way we treat others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. For through faith in Jesus, we are family. How can we love God if we don't love his family? And think about that. Those others are the people for whom God gave his son just as he did for you. And so when we love God, we love his family our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the opposite is true as well. If we refuse to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we actually aren't loving God either. John says here, For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they can see, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Well, you see, when we love God, we want to obey his commands. But it's not easy, not always easy, to love our brother and sister in Christ. For they also are sinners. And they do things at times that, 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 that hurt us. 
Their words or actions might hurt us, or their indifference may leave us feeling unloved. How can you love them after what they've done to you? That's a lie Satan loves to whisper in our ears. But remember God's love. Marvel at God's love for you. Remember that his love is not based on anything in you. But he loves you because of who he is. And so we do not need something in our brother or sister in Christ to attract us to them in order for us to love them, but we imitate God's love. We love them because God first loved us. And think of well, as well as what God did for you. He sent his son for you, and not only for you, but for them as well. Jesus is the savior of the world, which means Jesus died for that brother or sister in Christ. If God has loved them so much, then we too want to love them. Marvel at God's love for you. And that leads us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love them not with that fear-driven attitude again. Not with that fear-driven attitude that says, oh, I better love them or else God's going to stop loving me. Do you see how that's, that, that again is going back to that fear of punishment? But rather, marvel at God's love for you. That's what brings us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Marvel at God's love for you. That he loved you because of who he is. God is love. Marvel at God's love that is revealed to us in the scriptures, that here we have the written testimony of the prophets and the apostles, so that you have the record of God's great love that gave you his son to be your savior. For he is the savior of the world. Marvel at God's love that has given you the Holy Spirit who produces in you the fruit of the Spirit, that fruit of love. Just as the children sang this morning, let us love one another every day. So also, love. Love your brother and sister in Christ. Love them because God first loved you. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.